What's up everyone? Today we are answering your questions again. This is another live Q&A, except this time I'm not alone. I am joined by Yanni and Phil. So, get your questions in. Anything to do with training, with the UMS, with strength, flexibility, whatever you want to know, we're here to answer it. Let's do this. Oh, what's up everybody? I'm so, I've been, I've been away for so long I've forgotten the routine. In case you haven't met us before and you're joining for the first time, to the left of me, if you're watching the live stream, is none other than Phil White, the best physio in the world. And across wow. the table is Rad, my brother, and behind the camera is Richie. I am Yanni Bormeister, and together we are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. Remember, before we get started, if you ever want to find out the biggest secrets to our success, the biggest aha moments, download the blueprints. They're in the description of this replay if you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast. And you can also get them from our website, www.unitygym.com. How is everyone? Good. Happy to be back. Yeah. yeah. Feels good to be Brad back. holding the foot yeah. this whole week. I feel uh, a bit brain dead from all of the thinking I've had to do doing the show by myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel a bit, I feel a lot smaller and not having trained for over a week and losing all my gains. It'll <laughs> happen. But he's back. But I'm yeah. back, yeah. yeah. I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit not with it today. I didn't have a great sleep last night with my son. He's a bit sick. He's got a blocked nose and he was snoring his head off and I was going, fuck, I just kept waking up to it. So anyway, yeah. if I don't see my usual jovial self, that's why. Anybody yeah, Phil's going to pull it together for us today. Yeah, holding <laughs> holding the this fort. together. That's right. right. And big, big announcement. Uh, Phil won, is it your first volleyball it tournament? It was my first volleyball tournament. Not, um, not his first participation, I've but no, he won in plenty now and yeah. then really bonked it in all of them. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, big, massive round of applause yeah, for Phil yeah, and I've his been on awesome. My, my victory tour all week didn't come to work. So it's just been living <laughs> it up for winning my social volleyball time. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was the A division. So uh, I get bumped up into the double A division for the next one, which is like people who actually like play really, play, really quite yeah, well, yeah. and triple A is like professionals yeah. and people on national tours. So yeah. winning the A division wasn't uh, yeah, it was pretty good. So now we're talking like beyond. F far beyond Top Gun level. Uh, yeah, I still haven't seen that. Level. I really need to see yeah. that. But yeah, yeah, very happy with that after you know picking up a new spot in the last couple of years to be doing that. So just the well the UMS system in action. Yeah, getting a body go. ready for anything. There you go. And another big shout out, uh, a big um, uh, win this week is that we surpassed twenty thousand listens on the podcast. So yeah. Sending huge love to everyone listening to the podcast. Yeah, we just started doing the podcast at the beginning of this year, turning the shows into the, the podcast. I'm really happy, yeah, that that's yeah. been going along. So as a celebration, share it with your friends. Yeah, that's keep, right. Keep that line going up. Just so that we hear his incredible voice before we really kick into this. Uh, how are you today, Richard? Yeah, pretty good, guys. Happy it's a Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so we have, uh, I'm going to kick it off with uh, the very first question that's come up in the feed as I scroll through, which is from Jennifer. And before we Barnes. do, for those listening live, get a question in. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Absolutely. Time to get any of those, those questions you have. Burning, burning questions that you have uh, yeah. on your lips. Yeah, I, I have a, uh, a good answer for Jennifer here. Jennifer Barnes Morgan has said, I'll, I'll just read this out for context. She's Started the foundations program a little over a month ago. She's done the, uh, all of phase one jumping pull-ups using a pronated grip, um, uh, despite it suggesting to start with a supinated grip because she already has three to four strict pull-ups using pronated grip before. 
uh, starting this program. Now she's moving on to phase two and she notices that the eccentric pull-ups also use supinated grip like in phase one. But again, um, uh, the the development or the, the progress of uh, intensity moves from doing assisted or jumping pull-ups to eccentric, which are considered a lot harder. And she's asking whether she could continue doing pronated grip because she can do eccentrics for 10 seconds for six to eight reps uh, for three sets and she'd prefer to use the pronated grip. She's asked if there is a specific reason to use supinated grip. Uh, wrists, elbows, shoulders feel fine. I think now, you must be the first person I've ever heard that likes pronated grip. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'll be, no, I'll be honest. I prefer pronated really? grip because yeah. they're more challenging. And, yeah, that's uh, like. it's and I feel like I'm, I'm getting, yeah, there, there's, there's, it's funny. It's, it, it, there's reasons to it. But one, before I throw the mic to Rad and Phil, uh, Blakely's posted a, uh, a comment here. Blakely is one of our administrators and uh, always has a good, uh, a good level of insight. And he's suggested to post a video because most folks can't do a pull-up properly and supinated is a better starting point. Even if you kick ass at pull-ups, you'll want to mix up your grip regularly to keep your body balanced. Now, both of those points are really, really good. And, and I, I'll second um, the initial point. So many people come to our gym um, being able to do pull-ups and then when we break it down, they they're not actually do doing a, a, a very good quality pull-up. And pull-ups are one of those movements that if you're not using the shoulders properly, you're leaving a lot of potential gain on the table. And in fact, you can, you can actually cause yourself a little bit of problem. Uh, things like um, forearm tendinopathy come a lot more common when you're not using the function of your scapula properly, when you're not um, uh, using your shoulders properly in a pull-up. And it, you can also, what I've found is you can also sort of develop um, a little bit of excessive internal rotation of the shoulders if you're not doing the pull-up properly. If and so just on the mechanism of why it's kind of more common to get elbow issues when you're... Um, I guess your shoulder system isn't working too well together. I think it's important to kind of address why that's happening. If you think about what a pull-up is, it's a compound movement. So you're getting both a um, elbow kind of extension and adduction as well as a, sorry, a shoulder extension and adduction as well as a elbow flexion. So you're basically, you're bending at the elbows and, you're, and, you're, um, and your shoulders are going back and down. Um, and so what's happening there is, it's a, so with compound movements, it's a combination of those two things. Um, generally what happens is, and, and why supinated grips are a bit easier, is it uses your, your biceps more, which means your elbow flexors are uh, much more involved as a ratio of the total sort of movement. If you're in a pronated grip, what happens is it's mostly an adductor, um, so your lats um, and elbow ex and shoulder extension, and it means that you're now using smaller muscles, so your brachialis and your um, your brachioradialis as the elbow flexes. So you've kind of taken the bicep out. So basically you can think that when you've gone pronated, you've taken a lot of the elbow muscles out and you're making it much more about the shoulder muscles getting into that position. So um, when you think about how to get a really good compound movement together, is it's about trying to use like plenty of elbow, but then also plenty of shoulder together, making it balanced. What happens when people can't control their scapulas is basically it means that now your shoulders really aren't doing much of the movement. So you make it all about what's happening in the, the flexion at the elbows. That's why you see people at the top of a, of a bad pull-up lift is they've got their elbows together, but then their, sh their shoulders are up by their ears and they're um, in a big protracted and elevated position because they basically haven't got the strength to manage the, the shoulder movement. So yeah. um, that's just to clarify why 
Yep. And, and that's that why happens. we'd love to see a video and before that, we comment really properly. Yep. And on just this, on, you know. on how that can lead to then elbow problems if you think about, yeah, basically if you, um, with tendinopathy, it comes from a, an abusive load and you can basically, you've, you've really loaded up a elbow movement because you haven't got the shoulders involved. So. But that's which, 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 hang on a sec, I'll throw it over to you now, which is the reason why I'm going to suggest that you absolutely should switch to supinated for the next phase if you didn't do it in the first phase. And Rad, why don't you talk about load distribution, load management, and that sort of thing? Well, my one of my two biggest goals at the moment is a one-arm pull-up. And what I'm working on at the moment is having the preparation for a one-arm pull-up done properly, which is what I didn't do when I first tried to do it and I got tendinopathy. And my pull-up strength this year has been one of my biggest improvements. I've made massive gains on pull-up strength. When I tested my max reps the other day doing a supinated grip, um, I did 15 reps and probably 10 of them were chest to bar and five of them was middle of neck to the bar. So proper reps, none of them were coming up like this or anything. And my um, you know, maximum weighted pull-up um, for reps is getting up close to the 20 kilo mark. Um, and I was working last year, I was really trying to get my uh, pronated grip pull up up because that was the weak link for me. I couldn't get many reps of a chest to bar and I was just hammering it over and over and over again. And this year I took a different approach, which is surprise, surprise, doing what all the research says you should do, which is to periodize the way you do pull ups. If you do pull ups twice a week, do two different grips on each day and change all the different variables like it's not just pronated and supinated it's neutral grip and then it's variations of width between those grips as well and then variations of rep range and things like that and even if you, when you get up to a certain level you start doing things like um l-sit pull-ups you know l-sit uh, you also use rings like there's all these different ways because the, everything changes the mechanics of it and it's that changing of the mechanics that causes the adaptation if you just keep hammering the same thing over and over again your possibility for adaptation um, is really limited. And I've made massive, massive improvements. Um, you know, even using, for example, like I can do 15 pull-ups, but I even have been programming phases where for a six-week phase, I've, I've done eccentric pronated grip pull-ups. I haven't done concentrics, and I've done that once a week, and then another day of the week I've done supinated. And the reason why is because the eccentric loading on a, on a movement when you can't get full range of motion is a really, really good way to develop that, that extra um, little bit at the top where for me I struggle, like I can do maybe three really good chest to bar um, pronator grips but then the next five will, will be just to my neck. Yep. Whereas I can do five eccentrics, you know. So yeah, I think um, that, that those are, I think we've given you a lot of reasons as to why yeah. you should. And I was keen to, sorry, I was just keen to go into that, that explanation about why poor shoulder control leads to tendinopathy because one of my big callings in life, I think, is to demystify tendinopathy. And I think people kind of hear this connection between shoulder issues and tendinopathy and think like, and don't understand the direct connection. And, and I think yeah. it's so understand important to kind of highlight that it's because of that like technique deficit that then causes an excessive loading. So it still comes down to tendinopathies being a load management issue. Yeah, so that's, that's right. what I really wanted to highlight there. And that's what I want to finish on because if we've made a lot of assumptions here and uh, m based the conversation on the assumption that there's not p a good form pull-ups being done and we haven't seen a, a video of Jennifer's um, pull-ups and she may be doing perfect pronated grip pull-ups and if that's the case then I would still suggest you 
rotate the uh, the the grip because the other reason why you get overuse injuries is because you do the same thing over and over again. Now, there is a there's a, there is a really really great method that we refer to called grease the groove, which is by um, by doing the same exact thing over and over again at a very low intensity and you do get better at it it's a it's a it's a tool that we use to 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 break through a plateau or develop a really solid foundation on a movement of of strength and skill because repetition in in these movements is um is key to developing the neural pathways or the the nervous system side of the strength adaptation and i don't see a problem in jennifer doing lots and lots and lots of pronated grip pull-ups but only if she's doing them really, really well. And and uh, if she's doing them really, really well, yeah, I still see a reason to rotate the the grip. If um, you know, because it, it just helps to avoid those overuse injuries. But this all, uh, um, if if we if we're going to talk really specifically about Jennifer, so far we've talked spoken very broad to give some insight and some uh, value to everybody. But if I'm going to answer Jennifer um, personally, I agree 100% with what Blakely said. Yeah. Post a video. We'll have a look at it. We're yeah. going to be brutal on your on critiquing your technique. And if you're doing really good pull-ups, then kudos to you. It's freaking fantastic. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it, 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 I'll still probably recommend, as Blakely said, to ro to rotate the grip every program phase. Always. Just to yeah. rotate, like to just to expose your body to a slightly different adaptation, to develop a more well-rounded, well-balanced physique. And um, yeah, that's, I think that's... Can I, before we move on to this, it's funny that this question was a legitimate question there because I want to take the opportunity uh, to do a shameful plug because today we are announcing that we're revealing a new program and that <laughs> is the pull-up masterclass. And it is because of the amount of people that come to us saying, I, no matter what I do, I cannot get better at pull-ups. And we are demystifying the process and like all of our programs, creating a really simple step-by-step -step guide to achieve something that so many people struggle with. So this program is for those of you who cannot yet do any pull-ups at all or who can struggle to do one or two and they're poor quality, okay? So if or that's Or can you, do 10 poor quality. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I see that yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If your pull-ups are poor quality or you can't do one or two, this is for you. Yeah. Um, so have a look at it because it'll it we'll, we'll announce it, you know, in an hour or so, and it'll be on a flash sale. So now I did not intend for that to happen. I I just yeah, neither, uh, did, neither did the first I, question. But that, that, que but that question, <laughs> I mean, how could you not um, talk yeah. about what what it is that we're doing? Because so many people have have this issue. So yeah, anyway. yeah, absolutely. Um, should we? Can I just quickly give Jada. a shout out to Jada? Yeah. So Jada is saying on the live stream, she's saying, "I want to say how great your programs are." I went from well, thanks, Jada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, read. I, tell me more. Yeah. I, I, I went for my wellness checkups today, and everything has improved drastically since last year. Went from 147 pounds to 116 pounds. How good is that? Yeah, that's like that's 15 kilos yeah. for those of you that are in Australia. It's amazing. My blood pressure is now under control, and lastly, my kinesiology checkup was off the charts. They couldn't really tell me anything I needed to improve. I was one of the very few that improved in almost every area. They told me to keep doing everything I was doing. How good is that? Because people often, as they get older, they don't get told things like that from medical experts. They don't get told. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I, I love, I, there's nothing more, and sorry, Phil, about this, but you probably love this too. I love nothing more than 
someone starting to exercise in a really beautifully balanced way and going to see their regular practitioner who's made shitloads of money off them for many years <laughs> yeah. and then dumbfounding them with, oh, fuck, there's nothing I can yeah. make money off yeah. here anymore. I, I love <laughs> him. that's I'm the goal. The, yeah. I know, I have the same goal. It's that's like the goal. <laughs> I know, I know. You. I, I, I said, I I said love, you. Um, <laughs> I love hearing people talk about how they've come off medication. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, or well, you haven't said that there, Jada, but saying that your blood pressure is now under control. Like, yeah. I mean, considering that... Um, Cardiovascular disease is the biggest killer in the first world, and the first symptom of the majority of cases is death. Yeah. That's the first symptom in the majority of cases of heart disease, and one of the biggest risk factors is high blood <laughs> well, that's just All right, well, let's not turn, that's, that's, uh, it's fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic news, and well done. So well Kevin's done. got a question here. He's saying, morning, guys. Question about vertical push. I've been working on seated overhead press for the last three mesocycles because it was good practice for testing week in the Unify Movement System Progressions program. Unlike calisthenics movements where progressions is done either by increasing levers or more advanced movements, in theory I could keep working on the seated overhead press continually by varying the weight. When would or should I be looking to change it up? That is an excellent question that we are going to answer for you in about 13 minutes because that's a higher level question and we leave the higher level stuff for the UMS online coaching group. So, uh, Kevin, okay. we're going to go into depth He's on. for that uh, for you. Um, Jade in, has just in jumped in and minutes. said, yeah, off all prescription medications. That's uh, uh, that? sensational. Just amazing. Sensational. Um, okay, Craig, guys, uh, conning in, conning, is it? Conning, coning? Coming. Coming. To the end coming? of phase okay, three foundations. End, okay. right, sorry. So we'll be going into testing week in two weeks. Will that line up with the next mesocycle? Once I find out my results from that, what is the next step in regards to creating my next program out from those results? Do I design it myself from the info in the UMS program? That's another you, question. That's for another question for the UMS online coaching group. We Robert. will answer so it though. Yeah, yeah 100%. We'll, we'll answer that in depth for you uh, in on the UMS online that's, coaching group. That's, Craig, what UMS is all about. It's about teaching you how to fish, brother, how and, and making program, sure yeah. that you become empowered to create the best programs for your body. Yep. And we save and those we body. save those higher level coaching questions for the UMS online coaching group. So we'll do that there. Um, Would the pull-up program work for if I plateau at eight to 10 pull-ups and feel like I can't break through to higher reps? It, it absolutely will help. Um, we, we, you know, we want to be really, really clear because we, we want to we want to be honest with what we're doing here. This is a beginner pull-up program. It's not an advanced pull-up program, and we will release an advanced pull-up program if people like this one enough. Yep. That said, if you have poor quality eight to ten pull-ups, this will be game-changing for yeah. you. I also would. So, uh, am interested to know why you want to do more than eight to ten reps, and th the reason I ask that is because. At the, at the point that it, I think, I'm assuming that you're at, um, is it Jesus? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, um, if, if, at the point when you can do eight to 10 um, strict form, really nice pull-ups. By strict form, I mean there's no kip, there's no momentum. You're very controlled. You've got that beautiful synergy in the shoulders where your scapulas are retracting and depressing. You're not relying too much on the biceps. Uh, the, the, the load is distributed nice and evenly through the two joints that are meant to be working. All of that's ticked. All those boxes are ticked. 
at that point, it becomes a matter of just um, overloading the pull-up. And the, you're going to get a much greater result by starting to strap weight to your body and stick re- within the sort of, like even 8 to 10 reps is a beginner muscular hypertrophy rep range. Once you become a little bit, your training age sort of surpasses one or two years of consistent training, you actually want to be reducing the volume and increasing the intensity. And so, like, I'll I'll give you an example. My ideal rep range is now a five to seven reps. I very rarely do over seven reps unless I'm doing some sort of a muscle flushing sort of finisher uh, or something to complement my workout. But my, my general reps will be between one and seven. And that's because I've been. The only time I could see that, like, really changing is maybe if you had goals for a sport where kind of pulling endurance was a thing. So if you're doing, like, or climbing or, um, you know, uh, Ninja Warrior sort of stuff where you really needed to be able to do endurance reps. Because remember, you get specific adaptations to what you spend your time doing. So, yeah, um, yeah, that is the one sort of time where you you consider doing some endurance stuff. But certainly, yeah, if you can build up your intensity, like, start strapping some weight on there as well, like, that will be. 100%. 100%. I, I would respectfully um, disagree because if you want to do calisthenics, then the standards are 15 um, bodyweight pull-ups for gymnastics and calisthenics to be able to search for a um, one-arm pull-up. Yeah, But what you guys have said about what you would do in a workout the makes The thing is, sense. I've trained with a bunch of the guys from the Bondi Barb Roots who can do, they can do 30 pull-ups, yeah. you know, but the guys have no legs. And they're, they're adapting to their, their chosen um, hobby. You know, they, it's a hobby for them, their, their calisthenics training, yeah. you know. But these guys want to do that because they do it to show off. They have a competition every year. Who can do the most pull-ups and then who can do the most pull-ups with 10 kilo kettlebell strapped yeah, to their waist, you know. And, and so that for them is a reason to do 30 pull-ups because they're training for that competition every year. And whoever wins that competition is the Bondi Bar Brood of the year. You know, they're the, they're the man, they're the dude, you know. And the other thing to keep in mind with if you are looking for strength endurance as well, like if you want to get that 15 um, uh, reps to get that calisthenic standard, then doing a phase of a higher intensity, like, you know, five RM sort of um, session will mean that you're now like each of an unweighted pull up will be at a relatively lower intensity and you'll gain yeah. better strength endurance. So with choosing rep ranges, it's never like a static yeah. thing that you do the same rep range forever, obviously, as we talk about all the time. So, uh, yeah, certainly, you know, con- consider using, um, you know, yeah. weighted the one, stuff. The one thing I there. will say is that maximal strength carries over to muscular endurance far better than muscular endurance carries over to 100%. maximal strength. And when I used to do, when I was at my strongest for pull-ups, I could do a, a, about two really good form pull-ups with 60 kilos strapped to my body, two to four, depending on the day. Uh, and when I did a, we had a, a fitness um, competition at the gym that I was training at where we had to do as many pull-ups as we could and I could do comfortably 25 good form pull-ups. Uh, and I'd never tried to go over 10 pull-ups up until that point. I was always doing in that rep range of about four to six pull-ups with lots of weight strapped to my body. Um, and then I decided to try with 10 kilos strapped to my body and I could still do 20 strict form pull-ups with 10 kilos strapped to my body, having never trained for endurance. So it gives you an example of maximal strength. If you really load it up and get your, you know, five to seven rep range at a really heavy weight developed, I guarantee you, you'll do more pull-ups than someone who doesn't train for maximal strength in the pull-up, who trains for endurance. Anyway, there you go. That's my two cents. What do we got next? 
Tim, Hugh, uh, yep, Tim Hughes is saying, hi guys, what causes tendinopathy in the groin? I assume it is tendinopathy as it just seems to be hanging around for weeks. I am on the at-home workout phase two and before that was doing the mobility masterclass and so maybe did it there. Well, this is my specialty, so I'll take this one. Yay, turn off the... Well, hang on. First of all, before Phil goes into tendinopathy, just in case, because I know he loves to talk about it, I really think it's important that you go and get someone to look at it because I just don't like the self-diagnosis part. And that was going to be my... Obviously, my first thing is that not all injuries that hang around for a while equal tendinopathy yeah like just because it's not an acute thing doesn't mean it's always tendinopathy it's so important to know what you're dealing with there and you can't like you know unless you are very trained in this stuff uh yeah don't be diagnosing yourself because there's like tendinopathy have very specific um you know sort of symptoms and you know if you're if it's a overload thing where you're getting pain first thing in the morning warms up feels better uh the pain comes on linearly with increased load all of those things will suggest that maybe it is tendinopathy but there's so much happening in the groin and so many different structures that like yeah you really want to make sure you know what you're talking about there because like just a few kind of differential diagnosis things like it could be a referred pain from your hip joint like it might be an actual thing going on your hip then refers out to your groin and that might be related to more like joint positioning maybe you're stretching into i don't know internal rotation and that's causing a referred pain. It might be, um, you know, something in your lower back can often refer down to your groin and that might be, you know, like a positional thing as well. Uh, and so like just because it's a, just because pain hanging around does not mean it's tendinopathy. So that's the real thing to keep in mind. When tendinopathy might be likely in the groin is if you've just started doing something um, new and different and, and had an abusive load that could bring something like that on. If, for example, it could be like if you just started doing Copenhagen's, um, the uh, naughty hamstring curl of the adductors, like if you haven't done that before and now you suddenly really overload them, that might be a reason for it to start to come on. Uh, the adductors are also really, uh, the groin muscles are really involved in uh, so single leg stability stuff. So if you've just started doing something really demanding single leg on an unstable ground, maybe you start to develop a tendinopathy. But if none of those things are true, then I'd suggest that, you know, maybe it's not that. So make sure you do get things diagnosed. Yeah, 100%. I, I'll give you a little um, backstory real quick, real quick. After I had my knee reconstruction about six or seven years ago, seven years ago, uh, one of the things I noticed when I started to try and do like long distance walks and things like that was that one of my um, groin tendons and running up into possibly my hip flexor, and this is undiagnosed, so I'm sort of poking at areas that I know in the body, would become inflamed really, really quickly because my gait pattern had altered from the knee reconstruction. And just to be quite precise here, when you say inflamed, do you mean in pain or swollen? Pain, pain, yeah, it was, okay, that's right. In pain, it, it would, it, there, there would, uh, pain would start and it would always happen after about the two kilometer mark of walking. And what I had to really work on was uh, identifying that my gait pattern had really changed and it would happen every time I walk up hills. So I found that I was sort of leaning into it more and what I ended up having to do, I went to see someone about it, uh, a friend of ours, and he suggested that I just slow down my walking, my gait, and, and sort of concentrate on it a bit and the problem went away. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's uh, anything that you've got or related to your issue, but what I'm saying is that pain was persistently coming on for about three years. 
Like it really, really would uh, come on and not go away. And 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 I could have easily d- self-diagnosed myself of ha- of having tendinopathy in my groin, you know, um, because the pain was persistent. Every time I went for a walk, the moment I went up a hill, it would come on. The moment I went for a long walk on a flat ground, it would come on, you know. And so I just want to be. Um, I just want to re- reiterate what we've just said. Um, it's just be careful self-diagnosing yourself because, you know, uh, the moment I went to see someone and he had a look at how I was walking, he just said, yeah, you're walking too fast. Slow down and let your body relearn how to walk. You've just had a really big altering surgical intervention and you just kind of need to figure things out and, a little bit. And the reason why this is so important is if you say you just self-diagnose with tendinopathy and then you take the principles that you've been learning from our uh, shows over the last year about tendinopathy rehab, which is basically to train through pain, like we want to push it and train through to an acceptable level, obviously give yourself, um, you know, the recovery, blah, 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 all the stuff you know, um, if you've been following what we do. Um, and if you had an issue going on like a hernia, which is of another sort of issue that can happen that can cause groin pain and you start pushing through pain with a hernia, then you're gonna make that hernia worse. Yeah. So it's so key to understand what you're working with before you start a, an, a, a treatment approach. Obviously, like I'm a big fan of sometimes ignoring pain. Like if it's something that's popped up for a couple of days and goes away, ignore it. Yep. Like it's not a big deal. And I think people over treat things and over freak out about um, little aches and pains here and there. If you've been doing any training in your life, you'll know that <laughs> things pop up and they go away. So yep. obviously like, you know, this is up to you and your sort of how much intensity you're getting with this pain, how long it's been sticking around, but certainly don't take a specific protocol of healing to something that you don't know it, it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's uh, that's all we got. That's all we got time for, guys. Got to get over the UMS online coaching group now for our uh, subscribers. Just very quick before we go, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone on the live stream because we got lots of people, and not just asking questions, but just letting us know that you're here. Thank you very much, Lee Clements, Craig Jenkins, Tim Hughes. Who else have we got here? Jesus. Uh, Jada, uh, every time Kevin. you guys jump on, Kevin, um, every time you guys and jump Kevin. on and, and yeah, and uh, and say hello, it makes us feel good because we're talking to people. And big, big, big shout out to everyone watching the replay on YouTube and uh, listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, get over to that UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. Remember when you apply to join the group, you have to agree to abide by the code of conduct. If you don't check that box, we will not grant you access. We refuse your request mm-hmm. and we refuse so many more than we and, let and in. just quickly kevin and uh craig can you guys just paste your questions into the um ums online coaching group as well just so that we can answer them more easily there see you guys uh on monday if you want to get better pull-ups get the pull-up masterclass. it's going to be a game changer for you yeah absolutely absolutely have a great weekend everybody see you later Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.